Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, guys. Welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. It's Rob Pitts. Hot Rod! What's happening, dude? Man, I am sitting here, and we are schooling the world on station wagons. Or, you know, greater Greenville, South Carolina. I'm thinking about the podcast. Oh, okay. Worldwide. <laughs> Overachiever. I, I got you. Yes, we're schooling the world on station. I mean, we world. got people in Australia right now that's scratching their heads. At least one about, guy. At least one guy. Nigel. Nigel. How you doing, buddy? And uh, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, we're, and we're learning stuff. I mean, like, I feel smarter about this thing. I'm still not comfortable with them, but I feel smarter about it. <laughs> Well, that's good. Like, I'm holding on to my cool card with both hands right now. But well, we got this. No, you just trade that in for your wagon. That's way cooler. Yeah, I think I'm just going on to the card. You know? We're oh, going to be right, huge right. in Europe. It's going to be huge. It is. But, and then wagons are huge in Europe. You they got are. the Euro guys. They're all about that stuff. Every time I think about a wagon, you know, like in Europe, I think about, uh, what's it? National Lampoon's European Vacation, the Citron wagon. <laughs> That's a funny-looking uh, vehicle. I don't know that I could rock one of those. I don't think me and you both could fit in one. No, I, no. No, and they're funny-looking. It's like half of a 55-gallon drum, like cut down the centers. What Pretty much like. exactly what they look it's, like. It's, it's not a very attractive vehicle, to I, say the it least. It was made with a purpose, the end. Yeah, to, to not be fun, that's for sure. <laughs> it was a commuter. Yeah, really. That thing must have been made by like some condom company because it's definitely you don't have to worry about sex or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting laid with that thing. Safeguarded. <laughs> I'm telling you. All right, so, so yeah, you're talking about getting laid. We're in the seventies. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, in seventies, I mean, that was a wild time. I mean, Richard, me and Richard were made in the seventies. So, I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. That's got to tell you something. Just saying. Chris is a product of the seventies too. And like, and like I said, now you know, Michael, I can't say much I'm for him. Product of the sixties. He said, "I'm a product." You know what? That explains a lot, actually. Yeah. What? <laughs> what does it explain? No, no, it does. I guess I'm the geezer here. Yeah, really. No, 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 not, not that. It just you have that '60s vibe about you. You do have a little bit. Like you were you at Woodstock? No, I would have been a toddler if oh, I okay. was at Woodstock. <laughs> were you at Woodstock? He said, "No, I'd have been born in the '50s if I was at Woodstock." Conceived at Woodstock, not possibly not at Woodstock. Well, technically, it's yeah, well, there, you know. This was the thing that's cool about the wagons, though, is it's through the generations the wagons kept rocking on. And even with the changes in the industry, you got to think about, like, we're talking about the gas crisis in 73. Right. You didn't see the big displacements anymore. Of course, compressions went down and all that stuff. But the thing that was cool about it is, is the wagon actually diversified and changed up a lot. Um, going through the 70s, we had front-wheel drive vehicles coming in, especially in the import stuff. And like we were talking about the Euro thing, wagons are huge across the pond. But, I mean, this is the thing that's really cool about station wagons, is they got to this monstrous point at about, what, 75? And then they started getting tapering. Yeah, around uh, 19... Uh, it, it, first started, yeah, it was first started with General Motors for 1977 model year. They downsized... They downsized their full-sized cars, 
And then in 1978, they followed with their intermediate-sized cars, downsized them. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ford still did a still did a large car till about the 1978 model year. Then they downsized their full-sized wagons in 1979. Now, is that when they went to the LTD, like the, the Fairmont Fox Body they, style? That, the Fairmont style actually debuted in 1978, the same year to GM's intermediate wagons. So they were pretty much roughly, both cars were roughly the same size. So they were, they, it was kind of nice because they both debuted the same year. So they was competing head to head. No, GM's platform would have been the Malibu, the G body wagon. Yeah, G right. bodies, yeah. And then uh, also Chrysler, by 1978, they stopped doing the full, I think either 77 or 78, they start. They stopped doing the, the large C-body wagons, and I think they, they had their mid-sized B-body wagons. They stopped doing those, but they still had the Plymouth Volari and Aspen and the Dodge Aspen, which were F-bodies, and they and they did those from 1976 to 1980. And uh, they also had a town. They also did a town and country on a F-body platform, the same platform as a Aspen and Volari. That, so it was. There was a lot of changes. That was. On. Do you know they actually made? Didn't they make a RT, Valari, or was it a? They. they oh, that was like uh, a spinoff. Or Valari, Valari would they would have done a Roadrunner package. On there you Valari, go. Exactly. And then they did Aspen RT. Yeah. Uh, but those were on a two door coupe. So and it was so. mainly mainly just a sticker package and, st- and louvers. Car, don't don't forget uh, the louvers. Oh yeah. You could yeah. get a 360 in those cars, including the wagons. Though uh, it's the same engine that was in the Little Red Express, which was the fastest vehicle sold in America in its day. Right. So there is much a muscle car as anything, even if you got it in a wagon. That's what I'm. Look at Rich. I mean, just comes out of look left field. Smile. I feel like I feel like Harry Carey, straight out of left field with a chopper. I, well, here, here's my thing. I, I'm so happy. There was a statement made in this room just now, and no one argued it. And that was that Richard said that they were just as much of a muscle car yes. as anything else. Yes, even though it was a for 1978. Yes. But you know what? The rest of them were, too, when they were offering big blocks. I mean, when you can and, get a 426 Hemi in your Monaco wagon, uh, you, you have a, a muscle car with a long roof. You you do, in, in, in essence, yes. Actually, no, you don't have a muscle car with a long roof because the description of a muscle car is an intermediate car with a larger engine in it. That's technically, but yes, big power plants, 100%. I got you. So in that technicality, there is like no full-size muscle car. No, there's no such thing as a full size. It wouldn't be a muscle car. It's intermediate. Chevelles. Oh, man, look at the phone lines lighting up. Everything's. <laughs> wait a minute. Oh, so what you're saying, I just want I want to get this correct because I'm not saying I agree or disagree with you. So what you're saying is if you're driving around and you're beautiful, I don't know, 64 Impala SS, it is not a muscle car. No, it's a, technically it's not a muscle car. Now, it gets called just like Camaros get called muscle cars. Which but are it, pony cars. Exactly. Long fenders, short tail, pony car. No, I just I want to correct the definition here. I want, I want, correct. I want you to correct it. An Impala it. is a full-size automobile. The, def, the textbook definition of a muscle car is an intermediate-sized car. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Richard. No. It's an intermediate-sized car. With a larger displacement engine. With, a, with an engine from a full-size car, exactly. usually Basically. breathed on. 
So, in other words, a Chevelle actually is not a muscle car because it's full size. It's no, no, size. actually, the Impala is full size. Chevelle's intermediate. Nova was so compact. So, Chevelle still stayed intermediate. Chevelle Chevelle's stayed. the definition of a muscle car. Exactly. It was the intermediate size. All right. So, when we step over to the Dodge platform there, because there was a lot of questionable cars, like a Charger would not be a... Yes, it would. A Charger is an Charger intermediate. Would be it's intermediate. It's yes. intermediate. That long car. So, like, even your Daytona... Cars were big back then. Yeah, think about yeah, a 70 Chevelle. It was based on a B-body platform. Yeah. It yeah. was a B-body chassis. Precisely. And another thing with that, too, and you say Challengers and Chargers, but those were pony cars. Challengers. Not Challengers and Chargers. Challengers and Cudas. Yeah, consider the pony cars. Correct. I, and I agree with that. But you're talking about a, a you know, like a 69 Dodge Daytona that is actually longer than my station wagon right now. And yet yeah, it's but considered. Yeah, but a Dodge Daytona, that's now that's with a that's two a foot NASCAR. longer nose. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a stretched out version of it. But yes. Well, even the even the Chargers going to give my wagon a run for the money in length. Cars Ooh. were big back they then. They were big cars. I mean. But then my wagon swallowed I mean, your Chevelle. Yeah, exactly. Well, look at a six. Well, now keep in mind now in 1965, they were smaller. An intermediate car was not a real big car. Um, you know, 66, they grew two feet. And, you know, Chevelle's did. You know, I mean, so you you got to think about that. So these were just big cars. But that is the definition of a muscle car. Now, granted, that's a very loose term, and it gets used on a lot of things. Oh, yeah. So and, and you know this is getting off wagon topic, but I love today Thank now goodness. that <laughs> now <laughs> that they have brought back the Mustang, this is the retro car, uh, you know the Camaro and the Challenger. Everyone calls these muscle cars. They are not. No, they're not. They're pony cars. They yeah. are pony cars. And I mean, and there's nothing wrong with a pony car either. I mean, they had a purpose. They were built for what they did. But you know, I mean, and and that's it's all terminology. And I mean, at the end of the day, it don't matter. But you know what I'm saying. It's kind of like the wheels and rims. What do you mean wheels and rims? Okay, guys, we're yes. going to cover this debate. <laughs> Let's here. go to commercial. We're break. going to commercial, guys. Stay tuned. We're solving all the world's problems right here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Uh, 106.3 WORD. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Hot Rods. What's happening, dude? Man, I tell you what, I'm sitting here talking about learning all this wagon knowledge. Like, wagon. I'm ready for, like, wagon jeopardy. <laughs> I think we could uh, we could formulate that. Hosted by Clark Griswold. <laughs> Speaking of the devil, oh, probably one of the most famous station wagons of all time, the it's family very truckster. Wagon, but it's also, you know, the, a wagon owner. You always get you hate when they're like, "Oh, the family truckster." I mean, yeah, it's famous, it goes it's a with. I embrace sword. it. It's a I, double-edged sword. I embrace it. I mean, so like, yeah, exactly. Like when you're a wagon owner and they go, "Oh, it's the family truckster." Like when you have a muscle car, like, "Oh, look, it's an iconic muscle car." It's like, yeah, you get tired of hearing that. Yeah, you do. <laughs> it's like, yeah. But I mean, we, I'm just kidding. But but that wagon, <laughs> it, it, it probably one of the most famous <laughs> ones. It's like. Oh, you're so cool. I hate that. I no, and I mean, it is. It does get old. It's just a natural because it. That's people that don't know the cars. Yeah. Just like, you know, they want to compare it to a hearse. Another famous one, the Ghostbusters. Yeah, the Ghostbusters. Car, which you know what? That's funny. I, my white wagon has always been compared to. Like I've had several people ask, "Is it like a hearse?" Because I always rock the back well, seats down. Well, that, so mine looks like a glorified two seater all the time. Well, another thing with that though is they actually made Caprice and Roadmaster <laughs> hearse. Well, the, oh, yeah. Well, also the corn. Very popular well, corn Caprice and Cadillac. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, well, then uh, this is back to utility. Like they're using these things. Federal was the uh, Hearst company that liked to hack those up a lot. Well, and another thing, you know, you think, well, the actual Ghostbuster car was a Miller Meteor, right, Richard? That's correct. It was actually a 60 
But they wanted a 59. They couldn't find one, so they actually took a 60 Cadillac and put 59 quarters on it. Dan Aykroyd still owns this car to this yeah, day, the star it. car. Yeah, he owns it. Now, I think Dan Aykroyd's, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong on this. I think Dan Aykroyd's actually is a 59. The black one that you see that they were working on in the movie is their stunt car, and it was the one that they had to change. And it could be course. something like that. But I remember one was but a sixty I, I that got recorded. Dan Dan Aykroyd actually has a fifty nine, and that was that was their star car. It's so funny. There's a video on YouTube of him driving this thing around, and everybody's taking pictures of it. And he's like, "Please don't cut off. Please don't cut off." <laughs> like he, he's talking like he said. He said it, it's a turd, but it's my turd. Well, I mean, what what motor would have been that, Richard? The four seventy two? No, uh, no, no, no. three ninety. Yeah, three ninety Cadillac. Oh, okay. So yeah, that would be a turd. Yeah, Cadillacs. They had all those weird motors. I mean, like crazy displacements back in the day, like odd stuff. Well, yeah. Ten years later, seventy nine. They made Mike. a four twenty nine Cadillac. Yeah, um, three ninety went to. I think they made a four twenty eight also, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I know they did right. make a four twenty nine, and then the four seventy two, and then the five hundred. Yeah. Now the 472 wasn't a bad, as far as reliable goes, wasn't a bad motor. It just lacked everything else. Well, they weren't. I mean, I'm not going to catch flack when I say this with, with, the, with the people. Your corporation motors weren't exactly powerhouses. No, your corporation, you, corporation before motors. Before anybody that sends me an email about a 455 GS Buick out running big block Chevelles, which, there again, everybody's heard. It's like it's kind of like a unicorn. Everybody's heard of them, but nobody's never seen it. Well, corporation motors were good boat anchors, if in my a, and, and I mean, there are fast 455s out there. I mean, don't get me wrong, but well, I mean, they're just faster 454s. What you call it with Street Outlaws? Because I don't watch that show. What's the main guy? Uh, you talking about Justin Sheard? Yeah, yeah. He he's you know your Pontiac performance guy, but yeah. Well, I mean, but yeah, look his, at the money he spent to get it there. Well, his Pontiac's a little different than than yeah. a four fifty five Pontiac but or something it, it like that. But it did start as a Pontiac based motor. But does that uh, thing even have a Pontiac engine? It, it actually, well, it's an aluminum version of a Pontiac. Yeah. It's a very loose term for it, but I think it's just in the shape of a Pontiac. Yeah, it's kind of like it's got Pontiac valve covers on it. You know. <laughs> All right, so let's get back to the but wagon. They were aftermarket. Yeah. Let's get back to the wagon topic here, because now we're cruising into the 80s. We are cruising in the 80s, and I'm some station wagons were changing. I mean, we were talking, like, in the break. How about the probably one of the, when you think 80s station wagons, the first thing, of course, you pop in your head is the square Caprice in Palestine station wagon. Box, box the box, Chevy. The yeah. box Chevy wagons. But I'll tell you something else, speaking of the boxes. How about the Volvo station wagon? The brick. Somebody right now is driving a 240 Early '80s station wagon right now probably has 600,000 miles, and they're on happily and doing it. Headliner right is touching the top of their head, uh, and it's that's still an all going wagon. down the road. That's an all wagons. When you got a 12-foot headliner, it's going to touch your head. <laughs> it's just that <laughs> there's the thumbtacks are in your future. I'm gonna not, go ahead and let you know. There's, there's not enough thumbtacks, <laughs> a three-m glue spray, three-m glue spray, or cigarette packs to hold your headliner up. That's very, very true, actually. <laughs> That's a uh, yeah. That's that's a have to. Boy, we imagine putting a headliner in one of those things. Now, what's what's cool about the B bodies? They just slide right out, like no problem. Looks well, like at the back. Yeah, just slide it right on out. I tell you a really funny story about B bodies that I know, which you won't hear me say that very often because I don't have a lot of B body stories. I've never owned a B body, but I had a good friend who had a car lot, and he loved Impala SSs. Good man. Ninety four through ninety six. This you know, guy on uh, Wade Hampton. No. Oh, okay. So this no, guy, that's the guy I bought my Impala off of. I know okay. you're talking this about guy, This guy had like five or six really nice Impala SSs. You know, black cherries, dark green metallic, yada, yada, yada. And he, uh, 
You know, you had a lot of them. And, you know, they all had the light gray leather interior with the SS embroidered on the headrest. Well, that was extremely popular for anybody that had a Caprice to make an Impala SS. They wanted these parts. Right. He actually had a guy. He had a black one on one side, a dark cherry on the other, and a green one in the center, a DGGM yep. in the middle. Okay, these cars were eight inches apart. Somebody stole every thread of upholstery out of the green one in the middle without <laughs> damaging the other two cars, and they didn't move the car. That sounds like yeah. an inside job and it's to so, me. <laughs> but and it, what was so funny about it was I'm talking about they took the headliner out of it and everything. And he and I, he was joking around. And he said, you know, I'm mad that they stole the stuff. But he said, I'll be honest with you, I would love to meet the guy because I'd give him a job. <laughs> this guy's good. You know what I mean? Like, like, he can keep the interior. But it's just like, he's good. You know, like, I want to hire this guy. But so anyway, that's my B body story. But back to the Volvo station wagons. You talk about indestructible. They are. They're very. Those those crafty Swedes. They can make anything over there. And, and it was also a, a change in the the wagon culture at that time too. It got uppity. It got it got a little uppity. It got a little uppity. You <laughs> shoot. What you talking about? You we still see, high class. You, you didn't see. That just didn't even sound right. No, but they were for the the Volvos were kind of for the people who didn't want the minivan. The minivan became the common, the common for the common people. But how about the minivan? Okay, now this is a car that changed society, and I'll be honest with you, drove a nail in the station wagon coffin. Killed it hard. Nineteen eighty four changed the automotive industry forever. At least for the wagon guys. Yeah. But you got to think about it. Lee Iacocca actually originally pitched the minivan, the front-wheel drive minivan, to Ford. They laughed him out of a boardroom. Lee Iacocca. And then he goes to Chrysler, and, of course, they're grabbing at straws at this point, so they do it. And that's the one vehicle (laughs) that saved Chrysler. Could you imagine the Ford Grand Caravan? That's hilarious. (laughs) That's what would have happened. Oh. (sighs) I'm going to have nightmares tonight. Could you imagine, though, that, like, you see the little Voyager with the oval on it, and then... (laughs) (laughs) That's horrible, horrible. Guys, stay tuned. We got more Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Right here on 106.3 WORD. All right, guys. Welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. And we're talking station wagons. Richard, I see you over shaking your head a lot. Are you trying, are you just like, I mean, are you trying not to hear it or, I mean... I, I, I see it all day, every day. I'm, I spend a lot of time on bringing a trailer. And uh, you know what? No one has used the term long roof tonight, so I'm okay. I'm getting by. <laughs> but, you're, but you're a numbers guy, right? You look for value. You look for – tell me that the wagons are value. They're value right now. You can get they are. a lot for and your we, money. We have said that before. Um, you know, It starts with the coupes, and then it goes to the sedans, and then when they get too expensive, it goes to the wagons. So you can still get yourself a cool little car. You know, I, I think it's kind of shifting now. I think you're, uh, you're moving from coupe to wagon, then sedan now. Uh, 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 yeah. In some instances, I can see yeah. That. <clears throat> I can tell you when I purchased my Magnum. I mean, I, if I were to go out and I would have bought a Charger RT same year or a 300C Hemi, I would have paid a lot more than what I paid for this Magnum. Nobody kind of wanted the wagon. And, yet, and it's, it's got the same, same platform. Yeah, same Hemi, same suspension. Well, I mean, and, and, and I'll be honest with you, I think it's a cooler car. It is a cooler car. In the 300 opinion. will give it the run for the money. The 300 just got styling. Um, I do not like the first-gen of Chargers whatsoever, just my personal thing. I mean, I like the first-gen Chargers, um, but the Magnum had a look all of its own, too. Well, it's technically not the first-gen of Chargers, but the first new generation of Chargers. But the Magnum, to me, just... I think you take a 300 front end, which overseas they did this, the, the put, put a 300 front end on a Magnum, and that's a perfect-looking car. That's a good-looking car. That would be cool. That would be really cool. Well, we're, we're, we're talking about the 80s right now, wagons. 
We're still talking in the 80s. How about those big box Chevy wagons? Well, just corporation. Okay. Chevrolet, Pontiac, Oosville, well, Buick, everybody had them. Yeah, All right, so my family actually... And then Ford, the LTDs, they were boxy, too. My, mm-hmm. my, for, my family actually owned two wagons, and I think the Caprice was 87, but it was that baby, same color as your Malibu, because GM, during the 80s, like just found a plentiful of that blue and painted everything on into the 90s as well. But uh, we also had a Buick Estate wagon, same color blue with wood paneling. Hey now, and yeah. the crushed blue velour interior. Exactly, oh, in both, gosh, in both of yes. them. Nothing. Whoever thought that would be a good idea? Crushed velvet. It's so soft. Pet it, your pace car has it. My yeah. my pace car has beautiful red. Plush. My, my Buick Road. It does. It does. It has. It looks like it's bleeding to. It looks like a bloody terry cloth towel. <laughs> no, look. No, it actually does. No, my, my Buick Roadmaster. It, it it's a little bit of an oddball because it's a limited, which should. They're all leather. Mine is actually velour, crushed, dark red velour. Crushed. It's so sexy. It's soft. They, see, Wait, I, wouldn't, like, I wouldn't go sexy. <laughs> that is sporty right there. Yeah, <laughs> Those are words I, you will never yeah. hear together is sexy and crushed velour. Yeah, I don't know. Chris, I'm a wagon guy, and I, I don't know. <laughs> like you're, 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 you're weirding, drawing the line there. You're weirding Odd Rod out. That's bad. That of like a... No whorehouse is what it's been. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 I hate to say that. I'll be honest with you, and probably not one you should be hanging out in. You know what I mean? About the same shade, though. Yeah, I mean, it's a, in that's your a, car. That's a. Uh, that's yeah. Ugh. Like, <laughs> like I feel like I feel like I'm breaking out in a like, rash talking yeah, about those it. Are called goosebumps. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. When they're red, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure <laughs> that's an allergic that reaction. Oh, so now here's yeah. the problem I had with GM and their crushed velour interior is they thought that shade of navy blue looked good in every damn thing they made. Well, that or the off red. <laughs> they called it red, but it was really burgundy, and they put it in everything, including red cars, which really hurt me. Well, bad. Yeah. They carried that into the 90s, too. Yeah, well, well, they did in the trucks and everything. Yeah, oh, yeah. I had a, a 91 Olds custom cruiser wagon. That was an early B-Body now wagon. Now, that's a rare B-Body and wagon. It was it was in the color that I really was not crazy about. The car was burgundy, and it had the dark red leather interior. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. And, Ooh. Uh, She's got cowhide. It, Listen it was, to him. Uh, yeah, yeah, so the car <laughs> had a lot of... Uh, so the car had a. It was. It was like it was drenched in burgundy. You should be sitting over here, Richard. I'm sitting beside that. Wow. I'm hearing him moan while he talks about a Cutlass Cruiser. But it is a custom cruiser. It's a full size custom cruiser. A full size custom cruiser, and he's just. But you see, you know what's cool? Did about you custom? just growl? Said, yeah, it's Robert. It's Robert's uh, noises that are really making me nervous. <laughs> like I said, I'm sitting beside him, Richard. I, I thought I was weird because I like four cylinder turbo front wheel drive sports cars. I'm feeling that like is the sports little, car king right now. That, that, that is a little weird, actually. But you know, we'll we'll address your problems next week. You well, just this, gasp at the thought of a 91 Oldsmobile Hill station wagon. I said, ooh. <laughs> he said more than ooh. The only, <laughs> the, only, the only way that a 91 Oldsmobile Cutlass Cruiser could make me gasp if it drove over me. <laughs> I mean, look, look, and Robert's I, like, mm. Can I tell you all something? Just do, do me a favor. You need to go. You got Netflix, YouTube, whatever. Look up Wagon Masters. It's a, it's a documentary. It will teach you what you need to know about it will the truth. It will teach you. All right, all right, all right, Rob. Here, here's something I want to explain. Wagon guy through and through. I've had two of them. I think that's enough to confirm you're crazy. 
I didn't even know that documentary existed. Watch it. Just like Black Oh, Air. I've seen yeah. it. It's a good one. It's, it's, it's really good. Yeah. Wagon Masters. Keep your pants on, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix and chill. I, I just, just want to say, say that no longer can I be made fun for my wagon, my wagonness when... When the, he's actually seen the documentary, there's a lot of sick people in the world, Richard. You know it. <laughs> and there's probably a lot of listeners out there that's going to be like, "Well, I can own wagons too." So you know, and, and this is, but this okay, is the thing that's out. cool with these cars, though. And now, like, we're getting into the '90s, and you're talking about the custom cruisers and, and the bubble wagons. Now, these cars started a phenomenon. These cars, I actually hated growing up. Well, I, mean, I thought they were hideous. Well, because you were because a child, so and that's before your I brain like was contaminated. That's why. Like, like naturally, nobody likes them. But then through <laughs> drug use, no, maybe no, the hormones no, 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 in chicken, no, no. something like that, no, made no, you like them. Go no, back so, to the phenomenon. You had me there. But, but, anyway, well, but they started a phenomenon. These things, the custom <laughs> guys love these cars. These cars were just a They're template a or a canvas or a platform for this. V8 rear-wheel drive, full-frame cars. They're lowering and putting billet wheels on. I mean, Boyd Codden had one. Dave Kendick still owns. Mm-hmm. A Capri station wagon. These, I mean, Chip Foose had one. I mean, everybody built one. You know, that was a that was made for California cool car. I mean, Moon Eyes had one exactly. And I mean, and it's you know, all it's, your big companies they had them as they are very cars. cool custom car. And just like you know, just like Michael and just like Chris's car, they are cool cars. They're kitschy cool. I mean, and especially when you get into the newer ones with the with the LT one style engines in them. I mean, that's I mean, so now you kind of yeah, all the cool dress up parts for the engine. So, because I mean, virtually the power plant's the same for the Camaro and the Corvette, other than lunum heads in a cam. But, but the thing that was cool about it is, is now you got you know the underhood accessories. It's a GM platform, so you can do bigger brakes, you can change things out. You got wheels and tire options. I mean, nothing's really odd about them. They're fairly common, and you got this cool long, I mean, wood grain station wagon. And I mean, uh, well, uh, and it's the surfer thing. And from it's from the back door forward, you own an Impala SS any way you shape it. It's the same car or a Capri sedan. I mean, they're all the same. So backdoors moving forward, yeah, you have an Impala SS. And with uh, you know a little bit of money, you could put a rear disc conversion. You know, I've got tubular control arms on the front. Exactly. Lowered, well, and, and the aftermarket has heard you guys yes. screams. Yeah. Well, well, not only, not only that, but even <laughs> even F body parts crossed over because you can use F body sway bars on these, and they're better than the B body ones. So I mean, there's a lot of options of crossing over. With the '90s wagons, but the only the only problem is what we talked about earlier is value. So you put money, like my wagon, you put a lot of money into it, but you're not going to get that right now when you sell it. So well, it's no. a labor of love. And, well, and I say that, but Chris, I think there's hope for you. Okay, I think there's hope for you, and and I, I think these cars are going to become collectible because they're kitschy cool. Now, do I think they're going to fetch Corvette numbers? No. But I really think there's always going to be a market for these they're cars. They're already bringing better numbers than a C4 vet. Did you watch Barrett, uh, Barrett Jackson recently? Yes, they, I uh, watch the, every the, Barrett did Jackson. Did you see the Caprice that rolled through? It was a TBI Caprice 92 Caprice. It was red, custom surfboard. Mm-hmm. I think it brought, what, 10, 11, 13,000? I mean, it was Yeah, right. Enough. I mean, they're and, actually and like starting said, to bring. But, yeah. And now, no, no, granted, that's, it, it, that's, the, that's the Barnum and Bailey. Of a car auction, so that's the biggest show on. Yeah, Earth. but you're also talking but, about the worst wagon you can have of that era, a TBI car. So I mean, it's but it's a custom like, too. So, but but I mean, I'm not, I'm not knocking it. I, I, there's value there. This is my big downfall with this. You can't go into the wagon craze 
thinking you're going to come out a winner like no, that. No, 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 no. I think it's a safe bet. I think it's a great card. I think it's a fun card. Unless you're messing with like a Nomad or, you know, a, a Kingsport or something like that, or Country Squire, you're not going to get your ROI of it, I don't think. Not, no. Not for a while. Not for a while. But now is the time to snag them up. Now is the time to get in the market. Oh, well, definitely time to get in the market. I'll tell you what else it's time for. Commercial breaks. That's right, guys. Stay tuned. We got more Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Right here on 106.3 WORD. All right, guys. Welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. We're talking station wagons. We are indeed. Still. Still. Richard's like, <laughs> Richard's over here. He's like, he's just shaking his head. Like, I mean, Richard's stressed out. Well, we, we've talked longer on worse, I think, so. This is probably going to be one of your highest. Uh, this will be one of the highest yeah. rated. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with that. Actually, you know I'm with, how to get I'm with people turn, tuning in. Uh, okay, say we're going to be talking right. about station wagons do, all do, night. Do, do me and Richard need to leave the room while you guys do like your secret handshake or something? Like, <laughs> no, no. It's like, cool. you all start chiming in at the same time, and like me and Richard both are just like, help. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's, let's just never underestimate like you know people in large numbers. You know, just coming up. And just, <laughs> Help. Yeah. So, so we were talking about the last, last gasp. The last gasp, and I think those ninety-one and ninety-six Caprices, those, those, those were, those were a hard swing, and then you had some, some, some beats in there too. Of course, we're talking about the Magnum. Yeah, well, 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 the Ford Escort wagon lasted until what? Like, <laughs> well, I want. No, I'm saying like in well, terms of they, all wagons, the Ford Escort it went on a little longer than ninety-six. Well, you, well, you got to think about it. They went into the Focus station wagon after that. It yeah, never technically died. I mean, I think it, to this I, day it's still going. I think it had like a death. Uh, for a little because they brought the focus back years later. Um, uh, I think focus was 2000, I think last year for the escort was that, 96, I think, because they changed the body style in 97, well, yeah, where they started looking like a jelly bean, exactly. The ZX2s, yeah, but the four doors were those ugly little jelly bean looking ones, and I, I and I could be wrong, but I don't I think you're right. ever seeing a wagon of that body uh, style. The Ford Taurus wagon was discontinued in 2005. And the Dodge Magnum picked up for 05 to 08. Um, but your 96 is your last of the year, old school. Right. And they, see, old they school. still had the, the Camry, had a wagon. Exactly. For a and they still, Ford did too. Yeah, and I mean, the, the wagon never really died. Well, then died. you had your Mercedes and BMW wagons too. Oh, so, yes. I mean, that, there were wagons out there. Now, obviously, there wasn't as much selection as there was back in the day with these cars. Well, there wasn't much selection here. Now, across seas, you had wagons for days, there was wagons everywhere. I mean, you had Subaru wagons. You, had, I mean, there was wagons everywhere except for America, because we had Holden, caught on to the SUV. Holden S- had the wagon. Holden I mean, had the wagon. Yeah. Um, but America, we took on the SUV craze. You know, and I mean, that's why the Arlington plant well, crossed over. Well, America's a big thing. That's bigger is better. That's that's our logic with things. Oh yeah, I that's mean, why we buy H two Hummers and things. Right. Well, H <laughs> two. I mean. That's why. <laughs> it is, but it isn't either. But, I mean, and it's just an SUV thing. Everybody likes them. Everybody likes them. They're cheaper to well, make more higher profit. More. I'm pretty sure. That well, that and also you got the stereotype. Well, it sits up higher. It's safer. Yes. When in reality, no, it's not. Well, I mean, it's it's tit for tat at the end of the day. I mean, you know, if you've got something that weighs 13,000 pounds that's six inches off the ground, you got something that weighs 13,000 pounds that's 12 inches off the ground. Odds are you're probably going to survive it either way. Right. And the thing is, you know, Rob, with our wagons, what you what do you see? You get rear-ended by any car nowadays. They're so tall. First thing, it goes straight through the tailgate. Like, yep. It's just bigger is better. Even the new wagons that are out now, the Outback, the new Buick uh, Regal Tour X, that sucker is tall. Yeah. The Tour X. Oh, yeah. Like, like what, where, where do you get, like, this 
future wagon use from? Right, do you have like a forum or something? A few weeks back, I had a had a buddy of mine who works at a local GM dealership up in Hendersonville, and he invited me to come out and check one out. And uh, so I actually took it out and drove it, and uh, it was a really pretty. It was uh, is based on Opel Insignia, which is sold in Europe. It basically was a badge engineered Opel wagon, hmm. but. Uh, you know, set up for American, you know, set up for the U.S. market. And uh, actually, it was a pretty darn nice car. Huh. So so for those that don't know this Buick, it, it is the new station wagon. Uh, you know, they just released them. That, right. Um, have you seen a commercial for it? I have not seen a commercial right. for one yet. I mean, come on, GM. Like, you didn't advertise the SS, and you complained when nobody bought it. So how about you advertise this wagon, and people may buy they it? They also did the same thing with the electric car. You ever see the commercials for those? The funniest thing ever while we're on the electric car kick, and we're going to have Chelsea Sexton, actually, who was from the movie, Who Killed the Electric Car. But uh, the something that was really cool about that, if you ever watched the commercials that GM put on for the electric car, the they EV didn't one. want to sell them. Well, and the first name of the electric car was the best ever. It wasn't the EV1 at first. They called it the Impact. Yeah. You don't want to call a car the Impact. That's like calling the Pinto the Fireball. <laughs> you know, I mean, you don't want to do that. The Crash and Burn. I like the old Silverado sidestep, the tank in the side. That was that was rigged. That was a Dateline thing. <laughs> that, was, that, that that really was. I mean, you could hit those trucks in the side all day long. I mean, yeah, they were fine. No, the Pinto had bumpers that were made out of flint on them. So <laughs> <laughs> that Tour X, that actually does look like a pretty good looking big wagon. You know, if that's your thing, uh, just look them up. Uh, Richard, are you running a fever? No, yes. no, not for me, brother. I think you would look good driving one. Not yeah. Much. Uh, R- Richard, I, I view you as a Torex kind of guy. Earmuffs, Richard. Uh, yeah. I mean, you do know you have that caddy. They have a, a, a wagon version of, of your caddy. Yeah, but see, I didn't buy that version oh. because I'm single <laughs> and I don't have any kids. Oh. <laughs> he said, but tri- tri- translate. Yeah, I'm still single, so I was like, I still drive away. R- like, R- Richard's, Richard's like, Richard's like, translation, like, uh, I'm too cool for that. For yeah. yeah, well, I was trying not to. Well, no, I, th- <laughs> I think the Torex is, uh, you know, I. Th- I want to see this. I haven't seen it. Yeah, look it it looks well, like a big wagon. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks like everything a station the, wagon should be. If they take the cladding off the sides and lower it and try and try to not make it look like an Outback, yeah. I think they would do it. It does better. look Subaru-ish. They're trying to but it, it doesn't have bad styling to it either. No, I, I mean, it's they, not, they did a great job with it. If you want a wagon. Subaru, it's a good-looking Buick. <laughs> <laughs> look, they, they even got modeled outside in the dirt. And another, you know, another modern crossover type wagon thing look would be like the volvo v90 wagon exactly those, those are a very attractive well uh, we, they're good looking cars and my wife works at my wife works at bmw and we're in the lease program we actually just had a, thir- a 330i touring which is the wagon of that and that's awesome a station wagon with paddle shifters in it that is a fun fun car it's got the dual turbo set up you know the staggered turbo you know, a bi turbo bi turbo yeah not not twin turbo a bi turbo but, I mean, a real fun car to drive with a lot of room, I mean, is awesome. It is. I mean, they're cool cars. I mean, you got to think about BMW's made performance station wagons for a long a time. A long time. Um, you know, I, I, all your European station wagons, even you know, the Mercedes and things like that, I mean, they had big number of Mercedes wagons and things yeah. like that. Those were extremely popular. Um, do you think the wagon's ever going to come back in full force? Do you think GM, do you, I want to see a Chevrolet station wagon. Uh, I don't think that will ever happen. Niche more than anything. It's, I well, think, I mean, think about it. They throw the SSR out. Yeah, the, the, but the market nowadays is going more towards the so called crossovers 
SUVs, things like that. I mean, a lot of car make a lot of the car makers now are you know are starting to uh, cut down their sedan offerings and things like that because they're just really not really selling that much anymore. There, there's I think it's I think the market's kind of got this dynamic shift towards uh, more towards the crossover SUV type. Vehicles. Well, you got to think about it, when Ford did away with the Crown Vic. That's a mind blower right there because you got to think one of the commercial sales they lost right off the bat with police departments and things of that nature. And of course, you know they have the uh, the Taurus production police car, but I mean they're just getting away from rear wheel drive in general. I mean, yeah, unless it's a performance car or a pickup well, truck, they're not making it. I, I, I say you'll never see a GM wagon again because of GM's shift to all electric as well. Right, but it, but what what you're going to see, and here's what I'm maybe wishful thinking, but I also noticed that you're seeing a change in the car show scene. So wagons are come making a comeback, maybe not. Well, because new, they're not, because that's the thing. You don't see them anymore. Right. And so you can go to a car show now, and we're a little more accepted. Yeah. Maybe we're not as, like, you know nose up right away so that it's i don't think it's ever been a nose up it's a niche mm. thing it's kitschy cool and i mean like take your car chris i mean your car is gorgeous your car is nicer than most cars at the car show and it is a station wagon but it's a station wagon with, with balls a well with a lt1 v8 i mean nice big wheels big brakes i mean it's just a good looking car if it's a camaro or a nova you would never bat an eye at it i'll be honest with you most people would never give it a second glance but that wagon you're going to stop like man that's cool and i've had people like with my ford they just uh say the same thing with my 73 ford wagon they just they're like oh i remember we had one of these growing up and uh same with the, my little K car station wagon. Exactly. Same thing. It's 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 a memory that you don't see anymore, and that's what makes it cool. Well, guys, I tell you what, we've had a lot of fun today talking about wagons. Tell us all about it on the Hot Rods and Happy Hour page, and be sure to check out the podcast on iTunes. You've been listening to Hot Rods and Happy Hour right here on one zero six three W O R D. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.